Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Monday, November 22nd, 2021. Well, today, as we start a new week, we also start a new book. We start the last book of the Bible here as we begin to go through the book of Revelation. And now, as we think about the book of Revelation, it's such an interesting book. It's one that is often discussed. Uh, Many Christians disagree on what perspective you should take on the book of Revelation. There's parts that can be harder to understand, and we'll be working through this book between now and the end of the year. But today, as we look at kind of the beginning of this last book, the beginning of the end, so to speak, I want us to notice a big theme with which it starts. And this needs to be a banner that we catch even as we work through it. And we need to make sure we don't miss the forest for the trees, miss this big picture that it's starting with as we get into the book. And so it begins, it's referred to as the revelation of Jesus Christ. So one thing, can we just all make sure we're on the same page? This is not the book of revelations, right? That's that's nowhere. It's, it's revelation, okay? It's the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his servants the things that must soon take place. So right there, I think in verse one, it tells us that uh, this is talking about something that is going to happen in the future. And one of the big debates of uh, really scholarship and how you're going to understand Revelation is whether you think most of it is still in the future or whether you think, well, clearly we all agree it was in the future when it was written, but is it now most of this in the past? And and my contention would be that most of what we're going to see here is still yet to come. Uh, But we all agree when it was written, this revelation was about future events. But what I want us to notice is it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. And we're going to see a lot in chapter one that just shows us the glory of Jesus Christ. And that is the thing that I don't want us to miss as we start this book. And so this book was also written specifically to seven churches that are in Asia. That would be modern day Turkey. Uh, But John goes in and he describes really uh, Jesus Christ. Listen to his greeting here. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ. Now look at how he's described the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of kings on earth. So think through those things uh, with me that Jesus Christ is the faithful witness And even I can't help but think of what we've studied at the end of the gospel of John over the last few months here at Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley, just how Jesus Christ was a faithful witness even unto death. And now he is resurrected, the firstborn of the dead. And really that word firstborn, meaning more preeminent, he wasn't the first person to ever be resurrected, but he is preeminent. He's the most important of the resurrection. And also he is the first fruits of a new kind of resurrection. You think of Lazarus, whom he raised from the dead. Well, Lazarus was going to die again. Jesus rose from the dead never to die again. And then look at this. He refers to Jesus as the ruler of the kings on earth. That Jesus Christ is supreme. He reigns. He is in control. 
And then look at how it goes on to describe him in the rest of the verse. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, priest to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him, even so. Amen. And so there we get this vision of him coming in the future, but look at just all that, how it describes of what he has done, that he loves us. Jesus Christ loves us. And he showed us that love by giving up his life for us. What an amazing love that is. And the effect of that, of him giving up his life, shedding his blood is that we are freed from our sins. Yeah, that is something that we have seen all over uh, the New Testament, that we were slaves to sin. And there was nothing we could do to free ourselves, but our hope is in the freedom that is found in the blood of Jesus Christ. And not only has he freed us from our sins, he's given us something new. He's given us something better, verse 6, and made us a kingdom priest to his God and Father. Right, That now we are a part of God's people. And even it refers to us as priests, right? That we now have this privilege of knowing God, of serving God, instead of being slaves to our sin. So as we start the book of Revelation, let's not miss who it is that it's talking about, Jesus Christ, and what he has done. Because really, you see from the beginning, this is a book about Jesus's glory. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever Amen. And hopefully we'll, we'll learn some things as we go through the book and understand some things better about end times or the future. But over all of that, may our hearts be stirred up to praise, honor, and worship Jesus Christ as we go through this book. I hope today, as you start a new week, you are filled with gratitude and worship for the one who loves you and freed you from your sin by his blood and made you part of a kingdom and priests to his God and Father. May we truly give all glory and dominion forever and ever to Jesus Christ because he deserves it. And as we think about Jesus and who he is, that gets us into the back into the middle of the controversy of John chapter 10, which we will finish today with verses 31 through 42. And it begins with what is unfortunately a familiar sight. It seems like in the Gospels, the Jews picked up stones again to stone him. That They want to kill Jesus. Why? Well, Jesus says, I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of them are you going to stone me? You know, think of feeding the 5,000, healing the blind, healing the lame. Why are you stoning me for that? The Jews answered him, it is not for a good work that we are going to stone you, but for blasphemy, because you being a man, make yourself God. And there you see clearly they they took Jesus's statements um, to be that he was equal with God and even making himself to be God. That's what they understood. And Jesus doesn't correct them. And that's not what goes on. Some people want to say, see, look, Jesus is correcting them. Uh, No, he's going to something in the law where where he really, where God's is used to refer to uh, human rulers. I, I believe human judges is what he's referring to. So he's saying, hey, just using the word God, that's used other ways. That shouldn't get you so upset. And I think he's really getting to, that shouldn't get you so upset unless, unless it actually means I am God. 
end, they seek to arrest him again, and they clearly call, they still believe that he is blaspheming, but we see there is a response that, that some people believe, and their belief even is based on the witness of John the Baptist there at the end of the chapter. So I hope this uh, just reminds us of who Jesus is, that he is God, that he deserves all honor and glory, and that we're reminded of that from the book of John as well. Now, as we shift gears to the Old Testament today, uh, we are at a spot in the book of Ezekiel where he is shifting gears, uh, where he's been talking so much about the judgment that is coming on Jerusalem, uh, but now he's going to shift gears to talk about judgment that is coming on other nations. And in chapter 25, he uh, talks about Ammon, Moab, and Seir, and Edom. Those would all have been nations on the other side of the Jordan River and the Dead Sea from uh, Israel. Then he talks about Philistia, which was there along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea, kind of the familiar bad guys with you know David and Saul and, and Samuel. But then chapters 26 and 27 uh, focus on Tyre, which would have been a kingdom above, along the shore of the Mediterranean Sea, kind of north of Israel. But he talks about a judgment that is coming, and it's amazing the accuracy with which God's word speaks here. Uh, It talks about really the city of Tyre in verse 4. It says, they shall destroy the walls of Tyre and break down her towers, and I will scrape her soil from her and make her a bare rock. She shall be in the midst of the sea, a place for the spreading of nets, for I have spoken, declares the Lord, and she shall become plunder for the nations. And so really the city of Tyre, there was part that was there on the mainland, but then there was a part that was kind of out in the sea a little bit. And historically, what we know is they basically scraped all the ruins of the city into the sea to make a a causeway that they could go out across to the part that was out in the sea and make complete destruction of it. So even this image of it being scraped like a rock ends up happening and this city ends up being destroyed. So again, here we see more signs of just the historical veracity of the Bible uh, as one particular thing we see here in Ezekiel, but also we again see just the judgment of God. uh, And we're reminded it's not just coming for his people, uh, Israel and uh, Judah, but it is coming for every nation that does not honor God. And so we see that here in the book of Ezekiel today. Finally, we start Psalm 132 today. And remember again that this is one of the songs of ascent, songs that were likely sung as people were making their pilgrimage, going to the temple for worship, especially for some of these uh, holidays, uh, like Passover or the Feast of Tabernacles, or when they would make these pilgrimages to Jerusalem. And so that helps understand Uh, Just the context of this really talking so much about the temple, it talks about David and the heart that he had um, to find a place for the Lord, a dwelling place for the mighty one of Jacob. And we know David didn't ultimately build the temple, but it was on his heart to do that. And we see that um, back in, you know, in 2 Samuel, um, in 1 and 2 Chronicles, but God ultimately has his son, Solomon, build the temple, but it was on David's heart. And so it speaks then of just their 
their joy. And verse seven, let us go to his dwelling place. Let us worship at his footstool. Arise God and go to your resting place. You and the ark of your might, let your priests be clothed with righteousness and let your saints shout for joy. For the sake of your servant, David, do not turn away the face of your anointed one. And so there we, we see just the excitement they had to go and, and to worship. Let your priests be clothed with righteousness and let your saints shout for joy. And again, there it's about worship. And so as we think about Revelation and or we think about this in Psalm 132, uh, let us be reminded in all of it of the worship that we should have for God. And as we see in Revelation, specifically the worship that we should have for Jesus Christ, who loved us, who freed us from our sins by his blood. Uh, May we truly give him all the glory today and this week. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.